Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 78, Thursday, February 27th, 2020. And last night I sat down with a former college athlete who's passionate about everything sports and sports betting. He has a very unique perspective from a former player's point of view as a former college baseball pitcher on the entire Houston Astros situation and the whole fallout from everything that's been going on. Uh, with the sign stealing and, and everything like that. So we we dive into that. We also dove into the into the NBA and NBA handicapping strategy, uh, which is where he's making his hay right now on sports betting in the NBA this season, specifically NBA totals. And we also talk about a variety of other sports betting topics, including a quick diagnosis on a couple of our Chicago sports teams. So without further ado, let's get right into my interview from yesterday with Sage, a.k.a. Better Call Paul. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is a real pleasure to bring on someone. I always feel like I'm bringing on guys like from my childhood, like old childhood buddies. But this guy actually I might go further back with him than maybe anyone else I've ever brought on. Um, his name's Sage. He's an old childhood buddy from the Chicago area, but he lives in L.A. now. And he runs the awesome Twitter account. You can find him at Better Call Paul. And I believe there's an underscore after better, and that's B-E-T-T-O-R underscore yes. Call Paul. That is correct. How's it going, Sage? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. How's everything going? Doing great. Doing great. I've, been, I've wanted to bring you on for a while now because um, you've been running this account and just tearing it up. Um, especially in the NBA, I spent with your totals in the NBA, and I keep getting guys like telling me, "Hey, man, I'll make this better call." Paul is just sick; he keeps killing it. Sage just killing the game this year in the NBA. So definitely, like, wanted to bring you on to talk about the NBA, just how how what your process is like, how, what you look for in games, and also just like sports betting in general, and and uh, and and when you started and all that shit. So let's uh, let's just dive right in. So let's start out. So so you you play college sports you were a baseball player for, yep played, for the... played five years at uh isu did the victory lap um nice. i actually got hurt one year uh so i medically redshirted my junior year um but yeah i mean it was a great time a lot of funny ass stories uh played <laughs> against a couple guys in the league um it's kind of crazy i think one of my teammates actually just made it up last year uh with the mariners the guy spent like 10 years in the minor league so it was cool to see him get up that's awesome. And just to be clear, everyone listening, ISU is Illinois State here, not the shitty Iowa State. Uh, you're <laughs> they not don't a even have a baseball you're, team. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So you were you were a red a red bird for Illinois State, but uh, but correct me if I'm wrong. You were a pitcher the whole time in college, or yep, yeah. So when uh, pitcher did well, literally did it all as a starter. My freshman year, middle relief, sophomore, and then the year I got hurt, I went back to a starter, and then I came back as a closer, uh, and then kind of went. We had one guy who just literally he ended up getting drafted by the Astros, but uh, I moved <laughs> back to more of the long relief. But uh, but nothing but good things to say about that guy. He uh, crafty left hander, but yeah, I literally did everything. Uh, it was crazy when I first started. I was like always. Wanted to be the starter. I hated going to the bullpen my sophomore year. Uh, by the end of my sophomore year, I actually liked it way better because uh, you pitch in more games. Yes, it's less innings, but uh, more of kind of like those tough situations. So uh, it's kind of the, you know, you don't know what you have until you don't, until you try it. So 
I've always wondered that, like about like you know, because if you're a starter, obviously you're every five days you're going, and like maybe you could, especially in college, it's got to be kind of nice. Maybe you could know you could party a little harder on those off yeah. days. But well, I don't, you, yeah. how did that work out? Well, college was awesome. So it's like obviously uh, I was the Saturday starter my freshman year. So Friday, obviously, <laughs> like I wouldn't couldn't go out, wouldn't really do anything. But I knew Saturday. Uh, no matter what, I wasn't going to pitch the next on Sunday, so <laughs> I could go basically Get do whatever. Stage just way that night. Holy shit! Yeah, Saturday it, nights and going. Exactly, I'd have to do my running in the morning, but thank God those days are long gone because I, I definitely couldn't do that now. <laughs> Neither can I. Um, so it's a perfect segue with the Astros thing, because this is what I wanted to ask you. But just quick sidebar here: I remember, like, I, I played baseball to like second grade, and like, I think I wasn't—I don't think I ever made contact with a baseball. But you were like the most—you're by far the most feared pitcher, um, even back then. I remember like, whenever you're going up against Sage's team, it's like, oh man, that kid's bringing like 90 mile an hour heat in like second grade, so, and I have temper, so it's uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> recipe for disaster. Yeah, but it's also when you could control that shit, man, you could do great things, and uh, and and I saw it, man. Oh, yeah, well, I appreciate it, man. That was a great time. <laughs> Hell yeah! So this Astros thing, and I don't know if your teammate, uh, how privy he is to all this stuff, or your former teammate for the Redbirds. But what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm not going to like belabor like what happened. Obviously, everybody, unless you've been sleeping under a rock, listeners out there, you obviously know what's going on with the Astros. And uh, but I want to hear your take as a former player, uh, just in terms of like like what your feelings are towards the organization and the team right now. Uh, yeah. So the guy I played with, he's no longer in baseball, but he, uh, he actually did play with like Springer in, uh, I think it was single a and double a, he never made it past double a. Um, so he really wasn't involved in it at all. It's been a couple of years, but I mean, the whole thing is just kind of, it's really annoying. I mean, there's, there's like stealing signs in baseball where you're trying to get it from the catcher. And like, that's, that's just literally part of the game. That's like a cornerback, like breaking off a, you know, he sees a route and breaks it off and, you know, cuts it off. So like, but for them to use uh, equipment to literally cheat and to bang on, like it's amazing that they got away with it for so long. But like it just takes away like how many jobs away they took, uh, you know, like oh, yeah. stats. I mean, like Judge, I, who knows? Yeah, he's going to do well. He's a big name, but who knows if he gets any more money for the MVP? If he if he gets another sponsor, being the MVP, like what he can do with his career? But that's just kind yeah. of it's just annoying. No, yeah, I mean, just even as a fan, and you see all these guys come out now that like normally you don't even hear from at all, like Mike Trout, um, like some of these like guys kind of are, you know, they keep their, their comments to themselves. They're coming out, and even Judge himself, um, you know, just saying like how this is ridiculous and how like it, it's one thing to like, I mean, so backtracking a bit, like the integrity of the game, obviously, like that's what they all play for, and when you don't strip someone of like a title like that, like. Is, are they really just going to play for the money at that point? Is, is there any point? And like when you take away and diminish and, and kind of not reward the cheating, but don't properly punish it. Like as a player, how does that even like mess with your mindset? Like when, when, you, when you see a team cheating and basically for all intents and purposes, getting away with it. Yeah. I mean, like the, the granted the players were given immunity and I mean, I get yeah. it. Like at this point, why not just come out and say what they did? Like they complain about everyone like, Oh, you don't really know what happened. I mean, literally like you already had it. Like the punishment has been handed out. They can't do anything wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But I love seeing guys like Bellinger trout come out and say, that, cause like, it's the first time you've ever seen anything like that. Usually the players try to protect each other. Um, they're mm-hmm. like the players union and everything like that. But I mean, to see these guys, like they're actually legitimately fired up. Like, I mean, are they going to get hit? Yeah. I mean, it's really no recourse as far as taking away the championship. I mean, 
it's it's kind of like the college basketball ones. Like, they, yeah, they used an ineligible player, but it's like <laughs> everyone knows they won. So, I mean, yeah, I think right. they. But in this case, I think it's like it's worse because they legitimately knew it was coming. And I think I remember being down in uh, New Orleans for that World Series game, the one that was like fifteen to fourteen, or and they just yeah. kept coming back against the Dodgers, and it's like they've won in seven, but yeah, they have won on the road, but what if they didn't like, what if that game never happened? Like right. what if the Dodgers won like eight to five or something like that? They so were losing three if. times in that game, I think. Right. And for me, like, I mean, it's the integrity of the game is obviously the most important thing. And when you, when you fuck with like the public confidence in your game, that's one thing. And, and, and obviously that's, that's a really important thing because if the public's not trusting your product, they're not going to buy into it and, and you're going to suffer as a result. But when the players come out, we haven't seen something like this ever before where the players actually come out too and say, you know, what the fuck. But, um, and, and I just find it ironic that like major league baseball and Manfred, they they've had their hands out for integrity fees and in the sports betting space, which is obviously what we're going to be spending our time talking about here. I just, it's incredibly ironic that they want a piece of the action from the books for integrity <laughs> when they can't even keep their own house in order. I mean, and in the worst possible way too. Like this it does not get worse than this, I don't think, besides like, you know, like blatant cheating, which, you know. Yeah. I mean, let's you know, and, and actually another question I have for you as a former player, like how much do you think this stuff because you kind of alluded to it early, like how everybody tries to get an edge, you know, when they're playing, but when you're using devices and actually, you know, crossing that line, do do you think, do you suspect, and this is all hearsay and I don't know how if you even like can respond here, but like, do you think that there's a chance that other teams are doing this to a similar extent or have in the past? I, I definitely think other teams have tried something like it, maybe not as elaborate. Um, but it's like, I remember playing and we had like three different uh, cadences that we used um, when I was, when we'd have a runner on second base, we had like first sign indicator or like first number. And then it was kind of like, Hey, like the number you threw down, you'd go with that. Or we had a, a thing called aim where it was, you're ahead behind or even. And mm-hmm. so like, you're literally trying to figure out like you, as the pitcher, you're thinking out there like, okay, what, here's what I need to throw. And so like the guy on second might be trying to figure it out, but it's just like the fact that, uh, you know, like, they literally just use the device. I think other teams do it more to an extent. I don't think anyone else has a camera, but um, I mean, it's like, it's like using the device or like in the nineties when Albert Bell's using the cork bat and all that, it's just uh, (laughs) using a way to, you know, to try to get ahead, but it's like, it's legitimately cheating. I think it's, I I wouldn't, I don't want to say it's worse than steroids, but it's the, that they were blatantly doing it, doing it for years and then just not admitting it at this point. Yeah, no, it's, it's so bad. And like, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens this year. And as like a former player, do you, do you, I mean, how much, um, hit by pitches do you think, I mean, the hit by pitch actually, you already seen it today. Like I'm seeing like some of like the spring training action. I saw like a video of, um, what's Bregman got being today, I think in some of the early action, but do you think these guys are going to get it a lot early on and like, maybe it'll kind of fizzle out or do you think this will last for like a long time? I think it'll fizzle out. Uh, I mean, you can only, there's only so much punishment you guys can like, not advocating for them to hit anyone or hit anyone in the head. Like, and that's, it's a solid object coming at you at 95 to a hundred miles an hour. You can legitimately hurt someone. So like, if they are going to hit them, hit them in the ribs, hit them in the, in the thigh, uh, you know, like where they're not going to have permanent damage, but I definitely do think there should be some repercussions for them. Uh, cause I feel like they've kind of just gotten away with it. Um, but that was Manfred's fault for just giving them full immunity. But I guess that was yeah. the only way to get them to talk. Exactly. Yeah, that was like the double-edged sword he had to deal with. But 
Um, so in terms of actually making money on baseball, uh, and I know the season's still a few weeks away, obviously opening day, but, like a month from uh, today. Yeah. Oh, is it? God, the, the best month of sports is like literally upon us with March Madness and oh, yeah. baseball like, <laughs> and, uh, the masters basically when the masters ends and then we got obviously playoffs and NBA at NHL. It's like the, that glory period where, uh, my significant other hates me. Just like <laughs> yeah, October, uh, November. It's like yeah. October, November, and March, April are just like, oh man, it's ninety nine days till the NBA finals. Oh my god, already! I think my wedding's yeah. in like one hundred eight days. So. <laughs> oh man, should have thought that one through. Oh, <laughs> at least you're doing it. Hopefully, you're doing it on a Saturday because the games it, will be up. It is. I have looked that up already. <laughs> I looked up to see like what night the games would be. Um, but and I do I, I don't like the Cubs play in London on my wedding day. Oh, That'll man. be early, so it actually kind of works out for. But anyway, long story short. Um, so in terms of baseball, though, so, um, I know you might not have like you know a ton of futures that you've placed. But is there any value that you're eyeing on the betting board in terms of like season win totals, futures bets, or any like props bets? I know you're a White Sox fan yourself. Yep. Very excited um, so, for the for the White Sox. Just as a personal note, uh, they've been so bad. I, they legitimately haven't been to the playoffs in eleven years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I love doing. Uh, I do love doing both, kind of the sports bet and the, or I'm sorry, the regular season totals. And then also, I love kind of just finding value in maybe teams that start off bad, um, yes. and then kind of seeing like, hey, if I can get them for a good some good good price. I mean, like last year, um, I was able. To, the Dodgers last year, they were 10 to 1 just to win the NL a month yeah. into the year. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like they started off bad. And then, like, so, like last year, the Nationals, I mean, they legitimately at one point, I think, I forgot what the odds were, um, but it was like, I think they were 49 to 1 or something like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw, I only threw a few bucks on it, but it, it was like, it was crazy that it actually hit. But I just try to find some value. Um, you know, like, you're not going to bet on, like, the Marlins at, like, plus <laughs> 1,000 to start the year. But I definitely try to find a team that maybe, like, hey, like, struggled out of the gates um, or has some injuries at the beginning of the year. I mean, it's 162 games. So it's, you like gambling. It's a grind. Like, you got to find out. Maybe there is value out there, I feel, sometimes for more baseball than anything because, Typically, the, the best teams, you know, even if they struggle at the gates, are going to be there at the end. Mm-hmm. So, do, in terms of the White Sox, do you think that they're pretty well priced right now? I don't even have like their season win total in front of me right now. Uh, it's 80, 84 and a half. I'm, wow, yeah, that went I, up. I am I like I'm as a as a fan I wa- obviously want them to hit eighty five or more but yeah. I mean that division is so bad. Um, the the Royals are bad. The Tigers are bad. I think the Indians are going to take a step back and they might trade Lindor. I think the twins kind of played out of their, their butts a little bit last year. Um, I would, I would like to say that they're going to hit 85 wins, but I also don't trust like their pitching. I mean, they have Gio Gonzalez for the third time uh, on their squad traded him twice. So third time, hopefully the charm, <laughs> but I, I mean, I just don't know. Like banking on Kopech coming back. He, he only pitched like a matter of games. I still think they have a long way to go, but like with the talent they have on offense, I mean, if, if, if they can click, I mean, they could be real dangerous. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's a good point about the, the division just being, pretty damn poor besides the twins and you know maybe the indians now too but uh yeah we'll see i mean that's good that's just gonna start off before we even know it uh let's talk about really quick let's backtrack to just sports betting in general uh when 
like when did you start betting? And and, and I, I know like both of us have been doing like like pool like March Madness pools since like you know junior high, even like elementary school. So I know like I've been betting in the same like circles of you since so uh, as you since I was like a, a younger kid. But um, yeah. but what, what, when did you start? You know, actually like betting on sports like individual games, like and like and what are your favorite sports to bet on right now? Yeah, I mean, I I got into sports betting. I would say towards the end of my college career, um, I always kind of understood what it was. I mean, I remember this is like back when it was uh, like newspapers. I remember being in high school and like I couldn't figure out like it would have it in the numbers. Like they'd have like minus seven next to these teams, and I just kind of remember really like what does that mean? Um, and so like that's always kind of where the curiosity came. I've always been a big sports fan, no matter what it is: hockey, soccer, uh, NBA, MLB. I'll watch, literally watch anything. Sports are in my life, but um, just kind of got into it, and then like as a I was, wasn't like paranoid as like a college athlete watching it, but it was just like, I, I didn't want, like, we obviously couldn't bet on college baseball. So it was kind of impossible, but it was just always like, I always had that, like, you never know. Uh, they always told us not to get involved in like March madness pools, which I, which I understand. Like you can't have any kind of money uh, going towards that stuff, but I would say I really got into it probably about two years out of college. Uh, you know, being able to have my first job, being able to have the money uh, yeah. to kind of being able to, to do this stuff. But, and like, but yeah, it was just like not having any kind of to use like the sports books or like the Bovada or Bodog, mm-hmm. what it used to be called, yeah. um, having those accounts. And uh, that's kind of just when I got into it. So what are your favorite? I mean, I know you're a lot of stuff that you post right now is, is NBA. Um, I know you like some college hoops too, but what's your, your favorite sports to, to handicap? Uh, NBA and then, uh, MLB as well. I mean, I like, I like betting on the NFL. I like betting on college basketball. Um, actually going to March madness in Vegas for a couple days for the first week. Uh, so that's always fun. I've done that. This is actually the 10th year in a row that I've done that. But it's, uh, I mean, sometimes college basketball just gets a little too slow for me. Um, but I do love like watching the NBA and then also I've always been a baseball fan. So, I mean, that just kind of gets me going to, to bet on that, even though it's boring to watch. Oh yeah. If money can be made. It's not boring. Exactly. Um, so do you, so like in terms of like NBA, cause you've been just tearing up the totals, um, a better, again, everybody that's better B T T O R underscore call Paul. Um, do you see yourself like having like a normal day, daily process? I know we talked earlier and you, uh, before we started recording, you said that you kind of like to look at the overnight and get at the lines early on. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, as I mentioned to you, like living on the West coast, it's crazy. Like, after you having to work my normal job and then uh, trying to get the bets in where the basketball game started at four o'clock out here. So it's like today, you know, trying to get into the process. So yeah, I kind of take a look at the lines overnight, um, kind of write down what sticks out to me. Sometimes it'll just be like, you'll see a game and you're just like, I want no part of that thing. Um, either way, like you just know what you're going to not, not you want to stay away from and then mm-hmm. try to dig in a little deeper. It's like, Hey, like this team played last night or this team is like scores more on the road. Um, um, and it's just kind of trying to, I wouldn't say I do one certain thing. Uh, I kind of look how they play on the road, how much like they score. Um, it's just kind of a variation of things. And it's some of it's honestly just feel, I'm like, you know what? I really feel like it's going to go this way. Um, and just kind of being able to, um, determine what I want to choose. I vowed to myself a couple years ago, like, I mean, this is, I did not make this phrase up, but NBA stands for never betting again. Or, or or never no betting allowed just because like it, it's so damn hard to like like 
for me at least, like NBA is like such a chore to bet on just because of the the lineup uncertainty and stuff. Especially now when you get, and I know they changed the rules uh, starting before last year on the the tanking. You know, in terms of of your percentage chance to to mm-hmm. win, you know, the first pick in the draft and stuff. But we're still kind of seeing it. I mean, you're seeing teams pretty much play, and, and the whole idea of tanking isn't like the players to say that they give a shit because obviously they're going out there and and trying their very best because they're playing, you know, for money. You know, maybe yeah. not necessarily for titles, like. Uh, as much, but after, after this Astros thing, but um, but obviously the players are going to go out there and try their hardest. But with the management, the coaches, when they're putting out, especially like in the fourth quarter, I mean, this is no secret. Like the past couple of years, like blatantly tanking teams um, would would put out suboptimal lineups in key moments. You know, you'd, you'd see the Mavericks a couple of years ago take out Dirk Nowitzki and and uh, when he was still playing, and a couple of their other top players, um, yeah. like in like down by two points with a minute or two left in the fourth quarter, it made no sense. And obviously, like that's that's like a betting angle that maybe like the the market's like not taking into effect. But um, for me, like at least that I feel like is a money making opportunity when you can like isolate that. But otherwise, like betting on NBA is so hard. Just at least has been in the past few years. Just you know, not knowing the player rotations, players all of a sudden sitting out the last minute, and you see like you know, obviously crazy line move line moves yeah. with uh, players sitting out. So I don't know. It's I I found it hard, and especially the lines are sharper at NBA generally. Um, but I don't know, like you might be honest with, with totals too. I mean, do you, what percentage of, of sides and, uh, versus totals do you think you play? I mean, I take way more, uh, totals than anything. It's, I mean, it's, I feel like it's so tough towards the end of these basketball games when you get like a plus five or a minus, like, that's why I like betting baseball. It's like, they're not trying to win by a certain amount. They're just trying to win. So that's like, that's kind of what it comes down to. It's just, I, I try to stay away from it, but if it's like, if I'm going to bet more than anything, I want the team to be getting points um, mm-hmm, because, sure. I mean, yeah, just kind of like who, whether they're coming off, like how they play on this on a certain day, like how how they've done against them in the history, like in the last few years with the same coach, same player, and then also you got to see who's not who's playing and who's not. Like the other night, it took was it like it was the Pistons plus six, and there's no Lillard, but I mean. It was just kind of being able to. I, I like the Pistons in that spot, and know why they're a terrible team, but <laughs> I just oh, yeah. like them in that spot. <laughs> right? No, yes. I mean, situational spots are a huge thing, and uh, I mean, obviously, NBA in terms of like being on top of you know, college basketball, you're dealing with like 330 plus teams and stuff. Especially if you're trying to do the smaller conferences, which is like the majority of my college betting is is in the smaller conferences. But like in NBA, um, you know, there's like obviously a more finite player pool and like you know, teams to be on top of. So I guess like from that angle, it's, it's easier to like stay on top of shit and like kind of know what's going on. I mean, there's like, I think like there's like 146 college basketball games on like Saturdays. (laughs) I mean, there's no way that I can keep up with all that. It's nuts, man. Yeah, exactly. But then, I mean, that creates opportunity like in the betting market too. Obviously when there's that, that's that many more games for the odds makers to have to keep on top, you know, be on top of. And, and the Uh NBA, you're just getting more, more betting action. So it kind of sharpens the lines up a bit, but like, and so like my, I kind of like gave up like a few years ago, just even attempting to like, to, to try and like model the NBA or like do numbers for it. Even though I know that's like easy, it would be easier in theory just because on a day-to-day basis, you know, it makes so many adjustments to, you know, players sitting out for, you know, whatever for resting or what's the term they use now, like for their resting load management. Yeah. Load management. So, I mean, <laughs> at least now there's, there's that designation, but, but uh no it's it's tough but like dude you're killing it man it's it's uh thank it's, you it's something and you got to keep that up but are, are you um are you planning to like 
obviously like in the NBA playoffs, it's like a whole different animal, but are you planning on like changing your approach then at all, or just kind of looking to be more selective or. Yeah, that is, I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of, I kind of just go off for the games. Like sometimes what I hope for is almost like an upset in game one, um, uh, for some team that's on the road, like, because then kind of being able to look at that team coming back the second game, if you really feel like they're the better team, like right now you think you'd have the magic playing the bucks. Uh, I think it's the Sixers versus the Pacers, something like that. Uh, but it's just like being able to find like, like a update, but yeah, it's like, it's great. They actually play defense in the, in the final or the playoffs. So, uh, I'm interested to see what it's going to be like this year. I think there's only really like two teams out of the East, but, um, so like in terms of the rest of this year, obviously this it's extremely top heavy. I mean, I took a glance at the, just the futures board, you know, the, today and it's, it's, there's three teams essentially that, you know, there's the bucks out of the East. Um, and I, some spots I saw that they're like the actual odds on favorite, not odds on, but the actual favorite to or the shortest shot to win the title. Uh, but then obviously the two LA teams, Lakers and Clippers, but um, do you see like, it, or I guess a good question would be like, which team, Besides those three, do you think, or which team would have the best chance? I guess to say of winning the title. Besides those three, oh, I mean, I'd say the Bucks because the East is terrible. But I sure. think I really think the Clippers are really good. Um, although I never really want to bet against LeBron and and Anthony Davis. Um, but I don't like it's just something about the Clippers. I mean, they literally. I was watching the game last night against the Grizzlies. Uh, obviously, since I get it out here, um, but it was. I mean, think what their starting lineup. I mean, just even guys they have coming off the bench like Reggie Jackson, uh, Lou Williamson, Montrez Harrell. Uh, <laughs> it, they literally, and then uh, was uh, one of the Morris twins. I forgot which one is on their team, but it's just great. Like they can literally, when you know, when the Lakers have to take off AD, take off LeBron. I mean, these guys have people that can score off the bench that when they're not on the court. So, I mean, not having to rely on Paul, George, and Kawhi. But I really think the Clippers are a good team. Um, but, yeah, I'm interested to see what's going to go on. But I, I really think that's the team that's kind of underrated or that no one's really talking about is I think the Celtics can make a run in the East. Celtics, too. interesting. So you think they, they'd have the best chance, the Celtics, of obviously unseating the Bucks and then making a run at it against one of the LA teams. Yeah. I mean, as long they, as they get like the, the two or the three seed and not, and not have to play them too early. I mean, I mean, they still got a really good team. I mean, also like the Bucks haven't been really challenged. I mean, their, their division's bad. They got our bulls in that division who are uh, yeah. a cupcake, the Pistons. I mean, the Pacers are good, but, uh, and the Cavs are terrible, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. I think Giannis is really good, but, at the same point, it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I, I just stumble about them. I just don't feel like, uh, I just feel like the Celtics might be the better team in a seven game series. You kind of saw it last year, even though, I mean, I know they lost to, um, to the Sixers or what? No, was that the Yeah. Yeah. The Bucks did, um, in the playoffs or what? I don't know. If they lost to the Raptors. It was the Raptors. Yeah, saying, yeah, the Raptors, that's what it was. They beat the, the Bucks or no, they beat the Celtics before the Raptors. Correct. Um, but yeah, like, you saw like how heavy of a favorite the Bucks were, you know, go, even going into that series against the Sixers um, in the Eastern Conference Finals, and like, and I, I remember this. I was really pissed. I got like early in the year talking about like hopping on teams early. I got the Bucks ten to one to to win the East, and you know, I, was, I didn't want to hedge it at all just because they yeah. were obviously like just looking so damn good heading into the, the series. But then once the series started, like they were 
huge. I mean, it was like minus three, minus 400, something like that. It was, I forgot the exact number, but it was like, oh, wow. Like, let's take a step back here for a minute. This team hasn't been here. And, you know, obviously now looking back and I wish I, I played a lot more on the Sixers on that, on that hedge play. But like, that's the same thing. We kind of saw that last year where, um, or sorry, not the Sixers, the, you know, the Raptors, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, you see, you know, the playoffs start and just a whole different ball game. Once that starts back up, and obviously the Bucks have that experience from last year now, having gone that far. So maybe they could take it over the hump. And obviously the the market expects them to. I think I saw they were like minus one fifty to win the East today when I looked, which is like yeah. I can't think there's much value there. But um, but yeah, I mean, who else is really? I think it's them or the Celtics. Right. Like I mean, right. I can't see the Pacers. Jimmy buckets has done some great job with the Heat, but I mean they've been struggling. They can't win on the road either. So I mean. Who knows? But I, I truly think it'll be like if, if it if it lines up the one and the two, I think it'll be the Celtics and the Bucks in the in the in the Eastern Finals. And then I would assume it's going to be L.A. versus L.A., uh, which will be awesome being out here to see that. Yes, um, yes, I so, know. This is the first time I've lived in L.A. that the Lakers have been good. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's like the first. I mean, what was the last year they were even like? Obviously, when Kobe was still around, RIP. The the like, first year I moved here was when they had uh, first year or the year they had Dwight, Steve Nash, and I think they were the eighth seed and got swept by the Mavs in four. Oh my gosh! So wow. it's, it's, <laughs> it's cool to see because cool to see them finally be good because they don't directly affect the Bulls. So it's nice to actually see some basketball. Right. So like this LA team stuff, because obviously that's what everyone's expecting is that that showdown in the Western Conference Finals. Because um, the Lakers have pretty strong lead, I guess, in, in the West, right? As it looks like, I mean, it's like four home, games. Yeah, and, and, and home court's obviously not going to be, a, you know, a thing at all. Obviously, there's correct me if I'm wrong here, but like when the, those teams play in an, at Staples Center, there's a lot more Lakers fans, right? Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. So it's, it's have, like, like some White Sox. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So like there'll be. Obviously, they're waking up in their own beds, the Clippers and stuff. But like more Lakers fans, you got to give a little bit for home court, I guess, the Lakers. But um, do you think? And, and I hate playing conspiracy theorist quite a bit, but um, there's a couple angles here that I feel like betting on the Lakers or like, and obviously, like the Lakers, you're not going to find value. I've always said, like, and I'm sure you could bet this up. Like, probably better off, or almost always better off, in like a playoff instead of betting a team to win the title to do like the money line rollover. So like I've always said, you know, like bet a team to win each series and roll that money over, mm-hmm. um, and you'll end up taking home a lot more than you would um, otherwise if you bet that. So like right now, you can bet. I, I found the Lakers at plus one seventy five today to win the West, and it's like I I, I can't help but I like, think that might be still a good bet, even though you're not able to, even though you probably make more by by betting each series over and over again. But like I, I can't help but think that there's like that whole conspiracy theory angle of like there's no way LeBron's gonna lose the year Kobe died and I also heard something today that really interested me uh, that I guess like this year in the NBA there's an abnormal it's like an outlier year in terms of new referees I guess there's like a lot of um, refs that that retired the past couple years like this year in particular there's like more new NBA referees than there have been Hmm. in the past and and I and I'm sure like a lot of those guys won't be doing like the later games and the finals and like even the Western Conference finals as much, but like can't help but think that they might be a little more influenced by, you know, pro LeBron calls. And it's oh, just yeah. something to think about, you know, it's like, it's degenerate, you know, with those at any edge yeah. we can get. I don't even um, know about that NBA, the, the ref thing. Which is... Yeah, no, I, I just heard that today. So okay. I, mean, I, I, I don't have any, yeah. And, and I don't have like actual like numbers of, of what the turnover is compared to like years past, but I, that was, it was interesting to me when I heard it. And, and um, so like, I guess what I'm getting at is like, 
you know, we're, we're seeing a situation where it's, it's like absent, like a, a catastrophic injury to like a, maybe like LeBron or, or AD, we're going to probably get that series or obviously someone on the Clippers, like um, we're going to get that series between the Lakers and the Clippers in the Western Conference finals. And it'll be close to even, you know, close enough to even money. But obviously if you're taking the Lakers at plus 175 to win, uh, at least the number I saw it, you know, if it gets there, you can do some maneuvering with that, with that ticket, with that, with that bet. But I don't know what, what your thoughts are on that. And if you think that like, you know, betting the Lakers to win the, the West at that, at that point, at that number is, is worth a look right now. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't hate it. And, like as long as it's positive at this point, I mean, I really don't hate it. I, I ended up putting money on them before the season. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe it was four to one. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, just that, right. yeah. just kind of seeing it. It's just like, I just kind of felt like that's where they'll be. I mean, as far as, I would I would say plus one seventy. I would take that. I mean, they have, I just looked it up. They have a five game lead, um, and that's with the Clippers playing tonight. So, I mean, uh, yes, just, the Clippers have beat them twice, but it's also been non playoff games. I mean, I, I don't really take much into the regular season uh, when it comes down to the NBA playoffs, and, and especially with LeBron. <laughs> and, and like the equities there, if they make it to the you know if that's the if they just make it to that that final series, yeah. then uh, be able to be able to like maneuver with. I mean, it's really hard to envision outside of that crazy injury, the Clippers, you know, being an A sort of favorite in that series. So it's just a thought, like it's not, obviously not going to make a lot of money betting favorites to win a title every year in the the long run. But but this year in particular just seems to be a little different, just that extra, you know, chip on the shoulder for LeBron. And, you know, he is getting older, but the Kobe angle, that referee angle that I heard, and obviously, you know, not asking him to win the whole thing at that, that price, but um, obviously you, you win your ticket at your price, but uh but yeah, I mean, it's just a thought, just a thought. Yeah, it's also nice knowing that, like, it's not going to be like Cavs Warriors. You know, like, there's legit. Right. Like, yes, it's only going to be four or five teams, but at least you know it's not going to be Warriors Cavs again. Warriors Cavs. Like, yeah, it was great, but it's just like, but the NBA was just bad then. But I just feel like there's at least a little more um, uh, depth in the, the pick, league now. Yeah, so. yeah, oh yeah. At least at the start of the year, there was. There's a lot more, but now I mean, yeah. now Sixers have been a huge disappointment. Yeah, yeah, because the Sixers and even like I mean, I guess the Celtics have definitely outperformed, but um, yeah, it's for sure like way different because like the past, like you said, the the Warriors and the and the uh, Cavaliers or whatever it was, the Warriors versus uh, LeBron, basically. Yeah, was, it was literally was the West versus LeBron <laughs> every every single damn year. Um, well, let's finish up with a little quick end. This, I mean, I know. Both of us are huge Bulls fans. I mean, you know, like growing up with you, that was like our thing with Michael Jordan and, and growing up huge Bulls fans and stuff. So I know you and I can literally talk for like a fortnight if we wanted to <laughs> about about our disdain for for Gar Packs and and everything about the Bulls. But I don't know. Like, what do you think they? I, I, it's almost like not even like a question because we both know like the answer. But what what do you think the Bulls need to do to be? like relevant within the next three to five years by relevant. I mean like legitimately competing for a championship. Uh, well, first of all, I think we all know who they need to get rid of. I don't even know if that was like a question. It's just like, (laughs) do you agree that they need to do that? It's, but yeah, it's like as a bulls fan, like I love the bulls. Like I would definitely say that my, my fandom or like them, I I've stopped caring. I mean, it's, I used to get the NBA. I still have direct TV, but I used to get the NBA package. Even when they had like when it was Derrick Rose and Noah, but it's like 
now it's like, well, what's the point? Like, I'm, they're and they're not even on national TV, so I'll, I'll occasionally catch a game like on NBA TV if they're showing the highlights. But it's like, I used to waste my money to try to get. I wouldn't say I wasted it, but at least they were competitive. And they like, I mean, even the year that they made is at an eight seed. I still think they would have beat the Celtics if Rondo didn't break his hand. Yeah, um, playoff Rondo, I know. But but yeah, I was like, and then the next year I was like, okay, so they're gonna rebuild, but it's just. To not see him go anywhere, and like to see these guys like regress too, like to see Markinen who's not doing as well, uh, and it's just like I feel like they just need to get rid of the uh, Foreman, and then I mean Paxson. I don't think they'll get rid of Paxson. I think they'll just move him to a different role. But like you look at the GMs who have been around for the last ten years, it's like seven guys, and Gar right. Foreman is one of them. The other right. guys, <laughs> the other the other guys, Donnie Nelson, Danny Ainge. Uh, the Thunder uh, GM Popovich does like the player stuff. Same with Riley, and then uh, the Rockets GM. Like mm-hmm. all those teams have either been there, won something. I mean, look at the guy, the Thunder guy. He doesn't have any championships. He drafted three MVPs. <laughs> right. They had nothing to show for it. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, is in his defense, he's in a small market. You yeah, know I mean, there's no amazing. fucking excuse here in, in Chicago, <laughs> like a, the number three market, where like we should be attracting free agents and stuff. There's got to be, and I feel like that's like the biggest part of it. A, the story that no one really kind of harps on as much as they should be is the fact that like a lot of these. <clears throat> sorry, I'm choking. Am I here? God damn, it's also a flat gumball head from Three Floyds. But uh, these uh, these free agents like don't want to come to Chicago because the management they see that you know like the. Paxson with uh with Vinny Del Negro grabbing him by the necktie and stuff. And these guys are like they seem like assholes. But they're yeah. kind of stuck in the Stone Age, like not embracing analytics and and they're like, you know, they, they want to play hard and play you know, like the whole I love Coach Tibbs and stuff. He was great. Yeah. But he was a regular season coach, you know. It's like when it came down to like performing and like executing the playoffs, and you know what the formula is for the playoffs for success, you have to have stars. And couldn't we the Bulls just never had they had a great team. But they never really had those stars, and like, how are you going to get those stars when they don't want to come to Chicago to play for these guys? That's that's the crux of it for me. Which, too. which is crazy. Like, how do you not want how do I want to come to Chicago to right. play? I mean, like, I, I think we all know Anthony Davis is a free agent this year. There is zero chance he's coming to Chicago. Right, and it should not be. <laughs> that should not be at all. And like, and the whole Jordan, like you know, the Jordan shadow thing. That's like. Dude, Jordan He's, retired 22 years ago. Yes. <laughs> so, like, come on. You're in elementary school. I mean, is it, yeah, are the Yankees players saying they didn't want to go because Babe Ruth's shadow? Like, come on. You know, <laughs> oh, no one stop. wants to play shortstop for the, uh, the Yankees because of Jeter? Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's frustrating, man. I know we can definitely talk about that uh, forever. But, uh, but yeah, that's – do you have any last – this is a good time to wrap it up just because I just realized we've been going forever. But uh, uh, this has been great. Do you have any, like, last – like parting wisdom or any, any like final thoughts or even like a, any like bets you're eyeing for the next couple of weeks or futures bets or any stuff like uh, that? Or, wow. Uh, not really. Like I'm that. just kind of, I'm super excited for March madness. Um, yes. as I mentioned, go to that, that trip. I, if I do have a future on Kansas at 11 to one, I mean, oh, nice. I just feel like they're a really good team. I, the tournament I do love because honestly not the best team always wins. It's, it's a crapshoot. Like, it's just who gets hot at the right time. I mean, I th- don't think anyone would have expected to play, or was it Texas Tech versus Virginia last year in the <laughs> in the finals? Like, if you told me that was going to happen, I mean, <laughs> Godspeed to you. But I'm just really excited. Yeah. I think it's cool because, like, there's a lot of – there's real no favorite. Like, which, yeah, has been kind of a drag. Last year I watched more college basketball than anything because I think that was Zion. But uh, – just now, I think it's it's wide open, and then leading into 
what is it? We got golf and then, or I'm sorry, the Masters and then with MLB. Okay. So everything's happening. I know. Yeah. It's like hockey playoffs, even though I don't really bet on hockey that much, but it's. <laughs> oh, dude, hockey, hockey playoffs is a whole different animal, too. Like, I it's love crazy. Those, those, that's when I tune in, too. So I don't, I don't bet hockey really, but like that's where that's when I'll start watching just as like a sports fan. Oh yeah, sure. I'm a diehard Avs fan this year. So, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, there aren't they like really good, right? Like, yeah, I think they. Yeah, yeah. I think I looked the other day. They were one point. Or actually, the, so the Blues beat the Hawks last night. So they're mm-hmm. what is it? They're three points back or something like that. But I mean, I just last year they had a good run. They took out the Flames, who were the one seed in the West. So. Definitely excited for for that. I mean, it's it's. I don't get to watch hockey as much. Same thing. I actually do go out of my way to watch the Blackhawks because luckily they're on TV out here, so uh, oh, nice. on national TV most of the time. Jeez, yeah, you're probably the only one out in the West Coast watching the Blackhawks this year. No, but, it's funny when I first moved here, they, everyone was diehard Kings fan. Now that they suck, no one knows who they are. So yeah, how funny how that works, LA. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, that was a lot of fun, um, and definitely would love to bring you on again during the baseball season. Maybe here, uh, maybe even like like later on when season starts off and a uh, month or two in, maybe even like NBA playoffs or something. That'd be a good time that we can awesome. see if yeah. see if you find that value on those, uh, on, you know, the teams that are a month in, kind of play, like last year's Nationals or last year's Dodgers. Yeah, hundred uh, like percent. I'm Perfect, down, dude. man. You got my number. Yeah, yeah, got it, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. Absolutely, bud. I appreciate it, man. Hope all is well. You too. Take care. Bye. Thank you very much, Sage. That was awesome hearing the perspective of a former college athlete who's passionate about sports betting. Be sure to give him a follow on Twitter at better underscore call Paul, and that's better, B-E-T-T-O-R, as in a sports better. And no, folks, he's not actually Paul. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast. Be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. It's going to be all college hoops all the time. The next several podcasts, we are entering that glory period, my favorite time of the year on the sports calendar, where we have March Madness. Obviously, baseball is about to start. We've got the playoff races in the regular season for the NHL and NBA heating up. Soccer, all the leagues heating up and the golf season's getting underway it's really just everything's going on uh, right now and, and um, march is my favorite month of the year to bet and specifically conference tournament week actually the two weeks of conference tournament week that start next week um, are always my most profitable weeks of the year as a sports better specifically the last few days of, of the conference tournaments uh, the week after next uh, so we'll be talking about that a lot i'm also going to be talking to the boys over at top class finish soccer podcast uh, about the Champions League matches that are coming up. Those are We're in the middle of that as well. There's a lot going on, so be sure to check out upcoming episodes, bring uh, some more best bets and actually a lot more actionable information on these college basketball games, uh, and totals and sides and everything, and, and betting angles moving forward uh, to, as the season winds down and as we get into the postseason, all the tournaments. Remember, whether it's March Madness, the Big Dance, the CIT, the NIT, the CBI, whatever tournament there is, the money prints the same. So we're going to be looking to unlock uh, as many good betting angles as we can. But that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening, and good luck with your bets. Talk to you all next week. Doggy Juice out.